And now, a faux fiction audio production published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Super Guy by Kurt Klopton. Super Guy, the generic alternative. Less superhero hype, same superhero quality. Chapter 16 Oliver stood in Mrs. Lundquist's driveway, watching as Janice took off and disappeared into the night, heading vaguely northwest. Most of his thoughts were about how fun it had been spending time with her and at the conference and on the flight home, and he wondered if she was interested in him. There was the flirting, but Oliver wasn't certain just what it meant. He had never been good with separating the wheat from the chaff in that regard, probably because he hadn't previously inspired much flirting. So, he could have been completely off. Plus, there might be policies against relationships between superheroes, at least in the case of those working together officially, like in a regional superhero group. If Gland would ruin his shot with Janice... Oliver was not as excited about being part of the club. He would have to ask Roger. He would know about any official rules like that. Speaking of his friend, Roger's car was parked by the curb, and Oliver looked up to see the lights on in his apartment. It seemed Roger was visiting. Oliver also noticed the Taurus parked by the curb and wondered why it wasn't squeezed inside the garage where he had left it. That car was now his most prized possession, after all. Can't just be leaving it on the street like it was an Omni or something. The Omni was also parked by the curb a little farther down. With plenty of questions for Roger, Oliver headed up the stairs to his apartment. Stepping inside, Oliver found his home to be somewhat different than when he left. Admittedly, it was a bit of a mess when he ran out on Monday morning, in a rush to make the press conference and flight out of town, but... He remembered that really only being a few dirty dishes and some clothes. Now, the apartment looked like a crowded warehouse, albeit a tiny one. Cardboard boxes, packing crates, electronic equipment, and miscellaneous tools sat everywhere. Styrofoam packing peanuts littered the floor. Some of the boxes and crates were stacked almost to the ceiling. Oliver's makeshift coffee table had been raised, using more of the numerous crates to a workbench height, and was covered with a variety of tools and parts. His half-kitchen table was also in the midst of an identity crisis, now piled with a plethora of electronic equipment ranging from an iMac to a police scanner to several other gadgets Oliver couldn't immediately identify. A couple of thumps came from the kitchen, and Roger slid out from between two stacks of boxes. You're back, he said, a huge smile on his face. He rubbed his hands together in a sort of devilish way as he looked around the room happily, seeming to indicate to Oliver should be feeling the same way. Yes, oh, and look what you've done with the place, honey. Looks like you went with the modern warehouse style. Bold choice. Where's the forklift? Oh, that would be useful. But we could never get one in here. Uh, exactly what did I do to deserve this? Well, essentially, you left me at home alone for a week with a credit card. No, don't worry, said Roger, seeing the look on Oliver's face and waving his hand to show he was kidding. It's not that bad. It didn't cost anything. Well, just the shipping, but I had that bill to the mayor's office. 
and even they can't complain too much since I saved them money. Most of the time, instead of next day, I settled for two-day shipping. Very financially responsible of you, Roger. But exactly how did this stuff not cost anything except shipping? Asked Oliver. He dropped his tote bag and ran a gloved finger along the top of the IMAX display on the half-kitchen table. It wasn't brand new, but it wasn't exactly old either. And either way, it definitely wasn't cheap. He picked up an iPad sitting next to it. You have the superhero surplus warehouse to thank for that. Superhero surplus warehouse? Repeated Oliver, setting the iPad down and turning his attention to a multifunction laser printer. It looked like it hadn't been used at all. Well, the DSF calls it something else. Something in government speak. But the rest of us normal folk call it the surplus warehouse or just the warehouse. It's great. So these are ours? Yep. Okay, cool. But how does all this expensive equipment not cost us anything? It looks like it should cost us something. And not a small something, either. The warehouse is the place where the equipment, all the computers, tools, vehicles, weapons, or whatever, is gathered when it's no longer needed by the hero who originally owned it. Specifically so it then can be used by another hero who can't afford his own stuff. Like if they upgrade to a better car or plane, then they ship the old one to the warehouse so someone else can use it. Plane. Did you get me a plane? Because I wouldn't be against that. Not that I can fly a plane. Still, be cool to sit in it. Well, I wasn't able to get you a plane exactly. How not exactly? I actually got you two smaller flying vehicles and a little helicopter thingy. None of them really counts as a plane. Roger shrugged with disappointment at that last part. They're all in the garage. Three? That's a bit more than I need, isn't it? I mean, we've already established that I can't fly a plane, so whether we call it a flying vehicle or a little helicopter thingy... I still can't fly one, let alone three. Well, flying them isn't really our most pressing issue, although they aren't as complicated as a real plane. Technically, none of them function, which is one of the reasons why they were still at the warehouse. But planes, especially planes, are gone in a split second. It's even hard to get non-working planes. Non-working? I thought you said they were trade-ins. I said they're sent to the warehouse when their previous owners no longer need them. And if they're broken... That usually takes care of the hero needing them. Not all of the items are trade-ins because a hero is upgraded. Others are there because they've broken down, or been crashed, or maybe never worked right in the first place. Once in a while, you can get a shot at some refurbished gear, because the DSF engineers who built the new equipment also run the warehouse. But those things go fast, too. Occasionally, there's even stuff from a hero who bites it. So it's kind of like an estate auction, then. And in that case, you can get some primo equipment. You have to be lucky to catch those things on the site while they're still available. It gets swamped as soon as the news of some hero retiring prematurely becomes public. Roger used his fingers to quote the two significant words in the air. Site? You mean website? Yeah, certainly. It's all online. Real-time inventory. There's even an app for my iPhone. Here, I'll show you. Roger sat down in front of the computer and clicked the mouse a couple of times. Shortly, a website loaded, after requesting a password from Roger, and showed various categories related to heroes and equipment. Roger clicked on the links as he talked, giving Oliver a little tour of what was available. This site is only for heroes, technically. But while you were gone, I got your hero ID number from the file so I could set up an account and start getting us some toys. 
since your budget doesn't allow for us to buy any of our own, this is really the only way to get them. And there's plenty of good stuff if you just want the basics. The computer, police scanner, electron microscope, all those things are easy. Plenty of that type of stuff in the inventory. It's harder to get the really fun toys, at least the ones that still work, which explains why I got three flying vehicles. Two are the same type. One was crashed, and the other apparently never worked well enough to crash. And the helicopter one is just borderline useful, meaning it's pathetically slow. So you might as well walk where you're going. But it does have a nice cushy seat. I'm a little afraid to ask the obvious next question. So why do we have them if they don't work? Because I think I can piece together one working flyer out of the other three. Oliver paused for what he thought was a significant amount of time. And you've made exactly how many flying vehicles in the past, Mr. Wright? Please, call me Orville. And no, I haven't made any flying machines in the past, but that won't stop me from trying. But it will definitely stop me from flying them. What do you have to worry about? You're indestructible, said Roger, patting Oliver on the chest as he stood and stepped past him on the way to the reconfigured coffee table in the living room. Anyway, there's a bunch of stuff in these boxes I haven't been able to get to yet, but I do have one toy you'll like, which is all ready to go. You picked something up from the table and came back to Oliver. You seem to have gotten used to wearing the mask, he said, nodding at Oliver's face, which was still covered by his mask. Oliver reflexively touched the mask and nodded. Yeah. You know, I thought it would bug the hell out of me at first, but I had to wear it all the time at the conference, and it never did. It's surprisingly comfortable. The mark of good styling. The DSF is known for making great uniforms, despite being a little hit and miss on the flying things. Footnote from the Department of Superhero Funding. We admit it about the flying vehicles. They are a bit touchy. However, our success rate with uniforms is 99.95%. The costume concept and product for the hero manscape was not very well thought out, and the employee responsible has been sacked. Anyway, take that off and try this one. I modified your spare mask with some goggles I got from the warehouse. It was incredibly easy. The DSF are really smart about using universal standards for connections, so interchanging parts between light components is a breeze. Makes the whole warehouse thing much more useful. Just amazing. Roger paused at the look on Oliver's face. Sorry, nerding out a bit there. Anyway, by pressing the button on the right side, you can cycle through the lenses. The first is just clear for normal conditions. The second is telescopic. The third is night vision. And the fourth is thermal. You simply twist a dial surrounding the button to increase and decrease the magnification. Oh, and they're UV protected and shatterproof, which is nice for the safety factor. He handed the mask to Oliver. What's this button on the left side for? That's for photos. Any pictures you take are automatically uploaded to the cloud and can be shared with whoever needs them. So I will have instant access to the photos here on the computer or on my phone, wherever. Just have to type in the password for the feed. I took some practice shots. Great quality. Tons of megapixels. Makes the camera in my phone look like a Polaroid. Oliver quickly flipped through the different modes of the mask and snapped a couple of pictures. One, a macro close-up of Roger's nose. Nice. I know. I have another set of goggles, so I'll make a backup mask as well. Plus, there'll be more. As I said, I have a lot of boxes to get to yet. He waved his hand at the room. I guess I picked the right guy for the job, said Oliver with a smile. He looked around the small apartment, 
crammed with boxes again. But this isn't exactly the right superhero headquarters, that's for sure. <sighs> Too bad we didn't get some money for that. Janice said Thunder Bay gave her an old fire station for her base and a fund for updating it. I guess I can afford to rent a larger apartment with my salary increase, but I should probably pay off my student loans first. I guess asking the city for something is one possibility, though. Maybe we should see if they have some building they aren't using. Janice? Huh? Said Oliver, absent-mindedly, still thinking about more space. Yeah, she goes by the name Stormfront from Thunder- I know who she is. Interrupted Roger, a bit of awe in his voice. You call her Janice? Yeah, I met her at the conference. She found out we were from the same neighborhood, at least in hero terms, so she introduced herself after one of the first sessions I attended. And she just dropped me off, said Oliver, gesturing toward the door. She flew me back from D.C. because I missed my flight due to- Stormfront? Here? Well, not now. She just took off. <sighs> Seriously, dude, we have got to talk about your treatment of me. When there's someone like Stormfront around, there's got to be introductions. Got to be. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you would be here. Well, it's not all about me. What if I turned out to be her dream guy? Then you're hurting her, too. Think about her. Okay. Yeah, I suppose that's one way to look at it. Would now be a bad time to ask if there are any specific rules about fraternization between superheroes? Ouch. You certainly know how to hurt a guy. As far as I know, there aren't any official rules, but I don't think serious heroes let that sort of thing get in the way of their duties. And remember that for the next time introductions are still the norm, whether you have a crush on the girl or not. I'd still like to meet whoever I can. And don't assume I'm not here, because I'm always going to be here with all this work to do. I basically moved in during the week. In fact, I hope you don't mind, because I took over your bed. I figured you wouldn't be using it since you don't need to sleep anymore. Oh, and your landlady downstairs is seriously creeping me out. Always peeking out from behind the curtains when I walk by? Very suspicious type she is. You think it's because I'm black? Kinda feels like profiling. No, that's just standard Mrs. Lundquist. If she sees as well as she hears, she probably didn't even realize you weren't me, let alone black. Although I wonder what ideas she might have had in her head after seeing all these boxes and crates coming in. I mean, she couldn't have missed all of these. Oliver pulled off his new mask and gloves and flopped down on the couch. He didn't feel tired, but he felt he should feel tired, especially after the long week at the conference and the flight back home. Roger moved a couple of small items off the other end of the couch and sat down also. Well, with the space issues, the Mrs. Lundquist issues, not to mention the pathetic option you have for showering in the bathroom, I think getting new digs should be one of our priorities. I'd have to say that you're right. That and getting you some kind of flying vehicle. Funny. That isn't as high a priority for me, but I did like flying with Janice, despite the obvious appeal of Janice herself. It was just damn cool. Fast, easy. You know, she recommends it. No doubt. It's the number one rated power among superheroes. Superhero Tech did a poll asking what power a hero would least like to lose, and that was named the most. It was also the most desired power for heroes who didn't have it. It's a no-brainer. You really can't be flying. You know, I can't really think of a downside, at least to her type of flying. For your flying vehicles, on the other hand, the downside would be the crashing and dying in something you MacGyvered up after reading a couple airplane magazines and flying machines for idiots. That's not fair. I read at least four or five issues before I build it. 
Besides, we need a new place first, because Mrs. Lundquist's garage isn't going to cut it as a viable workspace. Maybe that city property idea you mentioned would be the right place to start. You could have Emma check into it. Maybe through the chief. There's got to be something sitting out there unused. Yeah, I suppose so. Hopefully Emma will be in good spirits now that her workload is just me. As for the chief, well, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear I want something else. Both men sat quietly for a few moments. So, what are you going to do now? It's your first night in town as the official, fully-oriented superhero. Feel like you know what the hell you're doing? Not a clue. Didn't really think about what I was going to do when I got back. Shouldn't I just take it easy here on the couch? After all that's happened in the past week, I should be exhausted. But you're not. Nope, not at all. Of course not. You're not wired to sit on the couch and put your feet up anymore. But never fear. I know what you have to do. And that is... Patrol. That does sound like something I would enjoy doing nowadays. It's what you guys do. You should take your inaugural run around the city at night and make sure everything's okay. And if it's not, you fix it. You know, I think you're right. Standing, he pulled on his newly reconfigured mask, making sure it was perfectly straight. Then he took a second to make sure the rest of his costume was all tucked and in order. Last, he tugged on his gloves, made a fist with one hand, and smacked it into the palm of the other. It's time to do the hero thing. With that, he stepped to the door and walked out into the cool night. Go get him, super guy, Roger called after him, caught up in the excitement. With the rush he was getting from it, Roger wondered what it felt like to be the actual hero, going out to fight crime for the first time. He stood there with a smile on his face taking in the significance of the moment, imagining this was how people must feel after getting an astronaut into orbit or landing one on the moon. It was almost breathtaking. A couple of seconds later, Oliver stepped back inside. You got the keys for the TARS? You have been listening to Super Guy by Kurt Klopton, a faux fiction audio production published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Look for the sequel to Superguy coming this September. This recording, characters, and the situations within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. If you wish to listen to more episodes in advance, search patreon.com, then faux fiction audio and sign up to be a monthly patron. Or stay tuned until the next week for your free episode. We will see you then.